Hi, we're Lisa and Angie. Welcome to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. If you like what you see and hear, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends and family. We are all about building community. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers, everyone. Welcome. Good. Yes, it does. It always does. Welcome back to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. Do we have a treat for you today? You may remember that a while back we put a call out to you, our community, to see who you think would be great for us to have as a guest on an upcoming episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. And you let us know very loud and clear that Cecile from mm-hmm. our Extraordinary People campaign was someone that you wanted us to spend some time with. After reading her feature story, we thought she was absolutely extraordinary, but then we interviewed her and she blew our minds again. This girl is a positive change maker. She is spectacularly um, influential and inspiring, and she's a lot of fun. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and enjoy this episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco with Cecile. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, Cecile. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Cheers. Cheers. We are so excited to have you on Pep Talks and Prosecco. Like, I don't even know if I slept last night. I'll be honest. (laughs) So excited. I said, Uh, I feel like you're a celebrity. mm -hmm. Well, I feel so so honored to have you um, be a guest with us today. Uh, For our community, um, your your profile that we did when you were featured for Extraordinary People, it, our community just responded so much to your story. It was real, it was vulnerable, it was inspiring. And like, I have goosebumps right now. Um, And so for you to be willing to come on and, and really share with our community, who is this beautiful face, this magnificent woman, that was behind the words that resonated and impacted so many of our community members is really a big deal. And so um, I'm not joking when I say like, we are so incredibly honored that, that you would spend some time with us today. So thank you so, so much, Cecile. Thank you you for having me. I honestly feel like this is an honor. Um, I don't see myself in any kind of way to me. It's, I actually feel like people want to hear what I have to say. It's kind of weird. But I feel so honored to be a part of this community, to, to share my story with the community, and to feel that the response as well has been positive. That means that we are coming together as a community, because this is new. But to see like how people are responding to what you guys do, it's so positive. So thank you for allowing me to be with you guys today. Wonderful. So let's cut to the chase because (laughs) our community members are not tuning in to listen or see Lisa and I today. They're here because of you. And and they really want to hear your voice and they want to hear your journey and your words. And one thing that really stood out for me, Cecile, and I have read your your profile from our Extraordinary People campaign so many times, multiple times. And I take lessons from it every single time that I have the pleasure and the honor of reading your words. 
And one thing that really stood out for me is, is the lessons that you have captured from your childhood, from your schooling, and from your post-secondary experiences as well, and how you've pulled those all together and how they really have helped to shape and, and define you in becoming this this agent of change in being such a strong, proud member of community and really being an advocate for culture. And so we're really hoping that you would spend some time right now and just kind of share with us um, your experiences and how those experiences have, have helped shape and get you to where you are today. Well, it's, 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 as you as you as you just said, it's it's really an addition of many experiences throughout my lifetime because I had the privilege of traveling very young with um with my family. I was born in Congo. I'm originally from Rwanda and grew up in Belgium in Brussels, and then from Brussels lived in in Montreal and grew up in Montreal. And so those were some very different. Um, realities that I had to adapt and I had to learn how to adapt quickly and adapt well. And so um, by doing that, I think our family, we were a family of five girls, no brothers. And, and my family went, when we were in Belgium, we went from being very well. Um, we had money, everything was going great. And then we moved to Canada and my father, who was the main provider, um, got sick, very, very sick. And from there, my mom, who was a stay-at-home mom, had to become the main provider. Um, she, she didn't have a university degree, but she had to become the main provider for a family of seven people. Wow. And then growing up, um, I think it created a consciousness of what I have and, and what, I, what I would like to have as well and, and wh where I don't want to be anymore. Mm -hmm. And so from there, um, in 1994, um, there was a genocide in my, in my country of origin, which is Rwanda. And lots of my family members were killed. And, and it was just based on what used to be our ethnicity. And to learn that my cousins were being killed, some aunts, some uncles, and some people that my parents grew up with were being killed just for being was very an eye-opener for me to see that not everything is, is, is awesome in the world. Not everyone is awesome in the world. And some things have to change. And I remember I made a point of talking about it at school and, and tell it, telling people about it because it was, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the days, we weren't really hearing anything about that. We, there was a lot of denial in the news of whether it's a genocide, and then, and then it happened. A million people died in three months, which is ridiculous. And so um, I decided that because everything went radio silent, I will, not, I will find my voice, and I will declare who I am and be proud of who I am, be proud of where I come from. And the conversations I had with my parents were probably more adult conversations because I was still a kid. They were conversations that you're not supposed to have with a kid, but they had to because they had to bring a consciousness on my identity as a Rwandan, my identity as a black girl in, as a minority, and to be able to make a stand that way. And so growing up, I went to high school in, in, in 
in Montreal. But I was always like very passionate about what was happening in my country and what was happening in the community over there. So finally, when I finished um, high school, I went to university in Moncton, New Brunswick. And I went from being in Montreal, which is very multicultural, and, and I was in a high school that was at 70% black, and, and so I never felt like, like I knew I was a visible minority, but I never felt like a visible minority. And when I moved to Moncton, well, I was a visible minority. I, was in a, I went from the school of 70% black to being in the only black person in a class of 200 people. And I remember the feeling I had the first time I realized it. I sat down and I was listening and then I'm like, I don't know why, but I looked around and I'm like, oh wow, like it's me, it's me, that's it. I'm the only black person. And it's, it's not that you feel uneasy about it. You just feel like, okay, this is, this is new. This is a new reality. And, and you're going to have to roll with this because, because you don't have any other choice, really. Because I felt that way, I realized that as a Black person, as a minority, I had to stand out. And if I want to stand out, I need to stand out positively and educate people. I have to be open to have those questions so that they get the answer, pass the word around, and then educate other people. And that's how you have like this positive ripple effect on other people. So I was able to kind of meet a lot of people and then kind of expand my horizons that way. And when I say I taught them things, but people taught me so much at the same time. And I feel like it's, it's not necessarily me going, it's not a one way street. I think it's an exchange because as I said, I came from a multicultural environment, but there were some reality and especially the reality of smaller towns that I wasn't used to. I didn't understand the reality of coming from a village, coming from a small town, coming like farm life. I was always, I grew up in Brussels and I grew up in, <laughs> in Montreal and it was always about big buildings. And then people told me what they were doing at the farm. And to me, that was exotic and that was amazing. And so, um, so I, built, I built really, really cool friendships that I still have today. And based on those really great exchanges that I had with them, when I moved to Saskatchewan, I was expecting, again, for people to point me out because I'm black and da 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 da. And I realized that no one was really looking at me in, in any different way. But it was the moment I opened my mouth and spoke French that people were turning around, oh, there's French speaking here. And, and that's, that's something that really, <laughs> that's probably I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. And, and then I started, um, building communities. I had a community with the French community. I had a community with my, my English, speak, English speaking friends. I had a community with the African community. I had a community. So I had different pockets. Sometimes they crossed each other and it was amazing. And that's actually how I was able to get into um, uh, a lot of committees actually that were asking me to help organize and to host at the same time. And that's, how in 2017 someone called Subi, I love that person, heard about me and asked me, would you like to host Canada Day, the, the 150th um, celebration for Canada? And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> of course I would love to. 
And I decided that it was important for me when I'm on stage to talk about, yes, my background, but to show how my background is what contributes to what makes Canada so beautiful, that we're kind of a mosaic of so many cultures and we contribute to each other and we bring beauty to each other. And I think one without the other, it's kind of lacking something. So we're kind of bringing just everyone as a good rainbow of cultures. And and I think the Can reception. I a cheers to that. Yes. Because <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. Love that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and and the response was so positive too, because since I moved to Regina, um, Regina, the face of Regina has changed so much. I moved here in two thousand and five, and. It's, tw it's 2020 now. It's like, it, there's a world of a difference now from <laughs> what it looked like before and what it looks like now. And it's, and I'm so, I feel so privileged to be able to see that difference and to experience that difference and to, to see the difference in the community, how now um, people from different cultures are coming together to now highlight all of that, all of that difference. And now I know that, um, We've had a lot of demonstrations on Black Lives Matter. We had a lot of de demonstrations on, on just bringing, bringing all of that together. And I'm just happy to see that it's not just, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement is not just about Black people talking about it, but it's everyone coming together to say, hey, we need to do something. If, and, it's, and, and it's, that's Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And to me, this is something that always speaks to me. And if I can make a small difference in the littlest way I can, I will do it. Because it's easy for me to complain that, oh, there's this problem here, there's this problem there. But if I don't contribute to that, then why, why should I complain about it? Do something about it. You can make your little difference, but you're going to make a difference. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I don't think there's anything small about your efforts and your determination and certainly not your passion. Oh, thank you. To you. <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Isn't she amazing? She is absolutely extraordinary. I love her. Yeah, we were so fortunate to spend time with her. So fortunate, in fact, that we couldn't condense it into one episode. So if you want some more Cecile, hang tight. We promise we will provide for you part two next week. See you then. See ya.